Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Hear engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, I'm Caroline Stocks with Poultry Health Today, and with me is Chuck Hoffaker, who's president of the Southern Poultry Research Group. Chuck, thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. One of the studies that you've been involved with at IPPE this year is around determining salmonella load before processing. Why is that important information to know? As USDA has lowered the baselines for broiler companies to achieve the the level that the salmonella uh, coming into the plant becomes more critical. The plant can cope with a certain level of salmonella that comes in, but if it becomes too large, then the plant's not able to keep the level down below those baselines. And so understanding what load is coming into the plant is important for all the broiler companies. It it helps you to know, is this farm a farm that has a high load normally? Uh, Do interventions that I have in place work to lower the load to get it below where Uh, we can be successful then in the plant. So the study looked at boot socks um, and salmonella in internal organs to see if there was any correlation in in carcass rinse. Why did you test the organs if it's already known that boot socks works well? Well, the boot socks are a sample that we can take on the broiler farm. There's not many samples you can take on the farm that... um, don't kill birds and so that's one of the samples that's easy to take the broiler flock supervisors can put on boot socks collect that sample and then we enumerate the level of salmonella in those boot socks within a few days of processing to give us a predictive model for salmonella coming into the plant then we looked at both carcass rinses we looked at spleen and liver internal organ pools and we looked at the cica of the birds so we looked at their intestines so how are the internal organs sampled how does that actually work we do the carcass rinse first then we open the bird and we know that that bird came from a particular pen where that boot sock was taken we pull the the liver and the spleen and pull those together into one sample so it's a, a sample of the internal organs is that would filter the blood. So if salmonella is exiting this, the intestines, getting into the internal organs, then that would tell us. And the study ultimately was trying to understand salmonella infantis, which has recently been on the radar for CDC for human outbreaks, and understand whether infantis is getting out into those internal organs and be a, a risk then for ground poultry, um, mechanically separated poultry meat. Okay. So does the internal organ testing, is it more successful than boot socks? And are there any um, organs that are more successful for testing? Well, the, the boot socks don't perfectly predict the amount of salmonella and infantis that the, the organs will have, but it, it, the organs do a, a fair job of predicting the amount of, of salmonella in the carcass rinses. And so um, boot socks, at least with infantis, is not 
a perfect predictor of what you would expect on that final carcass rinse. So when would you use boot socks instead of carcass rinses then? Well, you're going to use carcass rinses because that's what USDA is asking. And that's the, the baseline is going to be carcass rinse or ground product or parts. The boot socks would be used and have been used to try to understand the level of salmonella or is a particular salmonella cerevar coming from a farm to the processing plant. So they're, they're both used, they're just used for different answers to the question of how much salmonella is in the processing. How often would you recommend producers either use the boot socks or the rinse system? Well, the, the boot socks they're going to have to use if they want to understand does a particular intervention that I put in place on the farm work? Is it lowering salmonella coming into the plant? Once birds come into the plant, it's very difficult to differentiate interventions on the farm from the things that are occurring in the plant. There's a lot more cross-contamination. And so I would recommend they use boot socks whenever they're looking at, does this particular intervention I put in place on a broiler farm like a live salmonella vaccination or a, a withdrawal water uh, organic acid intervention work. So if they do those tests ahead of processing and they see there's a high level of, of salmonella, is there anything they can do ahead of processing to try and reduce things further? It'd be wonderful if we could. The, the problem we have is our test methods don't give us answers quick enough to make any changes. By the time we get the answer, the birds are already processed. So it'd be nice if we could. Right, so what can producers do to try and reduce levels? Is there anything practical? Yeah, there's um, been a lot of really good work on salmonella vaccines, so live salmonella vaccines in broilers, uh, organic acids in the withdrawal water that lasts 48 to 72 hours before the birds go to processing, probiotics, um, the direct fed microbials in the feed, so there's a lot of interventions we can do. Generally, one of those is not s successful on its own. We oftentimes have to add in multiple interventions, multiple hurdles for the salmonella to have to get over to get into the plant. And do those vary between different farming operations and different types of production systems? Somewhat. The, the different production systems probably not so much as um, if you're growing a small bird program versus a, a bigger bird program, then you may vary your timing of your live vaccines. Um, but generally those interventions are across types of broiler farms. Okay, interesting stuff. Thanks ever so much for that. I'm Caroline Stocks and I've been speaking to Chuck Hoffaker, who's president of the Southern Poultry Research Group. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.